I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, May 14th, Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon here today with none other than... Shauna Theriol. Shauna, Good morning. Doing and, well, thank you. Oh, good. Uh, and I'm also joined by Juliana Barba Gelata. Good morning, Troy. I practice. Can you tell? I can. Yeah, how about I that? I love your third name. Third time's a so pretty. <laughs> yeah, um, third time's a charm. Yeah, thank you uh, for the backhanded compliment. Wow. I mean, no love. Uh, anyway, uh, Shauna and Juliana both are uh, work in our planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial. Shauna is a managing associate. Absolutely. And uh, she holds more designations than a sack will carry. Uh, <laughs> CPA, CFP, CDFA. Yes. I haven't talked to you in about five minutes. Have you gotten any more? I have not. No? Okay. No. All right. Uh, highly qualified, obviously. Um, Thank you. Everyone knows what a CFP and a C. P-A-R, but the CDFA always make you explain, what are you doing with Certified that? Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. All right. So just helping people with- Get uh, divorced? <laughs> being uh, equal or not equal, you know, monetarily fair in splitting the assets. So. All right. So uh, mm-hmm. you help people fight over Tupperware. You're right. Yeah. Sounds, exactly. Sounds like great fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, in all seriousness, Sean, that is a, a, necess- a necessary service at times. Uh, you know, obviously no one wants to go through a divorce, but it does happen quite often. So, yeah. um, you know, if uh, and quite often we see that uh, partners are not uh, equally financially savvy, and that's where you can step in and help with that, right? Absolutely. All right. Uh, Juliana is a CFP certificate. Correct. Uh, how about that? I always get that part right. I have to talk about that almost every week. Yes. Uh, and uh, what is your exact title in our planning and implementation department? Senior financial planner. Senior financial mm-hmm. planner. Is that a financial planner for seniors? You really don't look old enough to be called a senior. <laughs> no, it is not. Although, you know, it does come with the job as well. Oh, okay. There you go. All she right. runs really hard numbers. Mm-hmm. All right. Really hard calculations. Oh, okay. Yes. Queen of the spreadsheets. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Exactly. Well, uh, it's good to be joined by both of you today. And I guess we just as well get to it. Kelly yes. Lynn Scalise. Uh, Hi. The bossy one herself is going to tell us exactly <laughs> what to do and when to do it. We're talking inflation this week. 
Are we? Yeah, we oh, are. Isn't that been the talk the whole year? Yeah. <laughs> it has been. And, and beyond. Yeah, it's and beyond. Been, yeah, it's so exciting. Been. Now, we have consumer price and producer price indices both came out this week. You're yeah. going to be talking a lot about those. I guess those are some disappointing numbers, I believe. Uh, well, I mean, they're still high. But I'm reading the look on your face. It yeah. says disappointment. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> she said. I think she said she's disappointed in the look yeah, on your face. I don't know. I'm just generally a disappointment. Oh. Maybe. I don't know what it is, but. Uh, oh, I this feel is a not a good way up. to start your morning. No, uh, three ladies and me, and I'm losing big time. <laughs> Help <laughs> someone. That's right. why you brought your intern into the studio. Uh, well, right? I do have an intern. Uh, Luke Bryant is with us today, uh, although he's, he's not on a mic. He's in the corner, but That's he is right. in the new to, <laughs> yeah, new to the office. He doesn't belong in the corner. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's just uh, I, That's just where I have the today. chairs. That's right. Not to be confused with Luke Bryan, right? Yeah, I think there are. I mean, you'd have to ask him. He's he doesn't really sing country music. He uh, he's a awesome young budding guy. financial analyst. Though. Absolutely exciting. Kelly Lynn. So yes, we're going to be talking a whole bunch about inflation. We also have a case study later in the show um, about. Uh, estate planning for a second marriage, which uh, surprisingly, while my girls are not lawyers, they do do a lot of uh, behind the work scenes with the financial planning aspect of that too. So, all right. And then we've got a bunch of listener questions, and we're, yeah. we've got might even talk a little about cryptocurrency. Oh, you're teasing the crypto. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, keeping topical everybody too. keeping everybody interested. There's a whole lot of folks that uh, might be more interested in what's going on with that than yeah. they are inflation, but. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Inflation is the piece. So let's get to it. Um, The S&P 500, uh, in case you really need to know, um, over the last five days, is down. And is it ever down? 8.49% over the last five days. Uh, Utilities were the best performing, and they too were down 1.53%. Consumer staples, um, energy, round out the top three all exactly negative the absolute worst this week was 14.43 percent down on a consumer discretionary sector information technology down 11 percent so this is kind of starting to everything's down yeah it's uh it's kind of an ugly situation now if you back up and just look at the year to date we can talk about something it's a little better but uh overall the s p 500 has lost 17.5% 17.5% wow. basically Ouch. since the beginning of 2022. Right. Uh, Not, it hasn't given back all the gains from last year yet. That was up no. over 28, right? But Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got, no, uh, at this point, the 10. 12 month is yeah. down 5.2%. Yeah, so, so we're, we're negative. We're negative for the 12, yep, 12 months. Yeah, so uh, um, if you look, though, there are some sectors that are positive. Energy, utilities, well, utilities now have fallen mm-hmm. uh, year to date. Slightly negative, down 0.53, but uh, energy, energy up almost 40%. It's crazy. Goodness. Yeah. It's starting to look like those five stocks in 2020, right? When <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. whole market was up just right. because of those five larger IT holdings for the most right. part. But Yeah, coming uh, into the year, believe it or not, energy only made up about 3.5% of the overall S&P 500, and it's up 50%. Wow. Uh, well. 40 percent at this point uh if you look um over the last 12 months it is actually up 50 percent the s p 500 is down 5.22 percent energy up 50.13 consumer staples up 9.26 
utilities up 8.14 percent uh health positive uh at 2.5 percent everything else is negative the worst of the bunch communication services which is down 22.9 percent uh you know they a couple of years ago communication services kind of got reconstructed if you will used to be just telecommunications companies now you've got uh uh, companies like Netflix and Disney. Disney's in there, Yeah, right? because of its holdings of television stations. Um, uh, Netflix, as I said, Facebook, uh, Google, they're all... Uh, you You would have considered some of those technology stuff. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't realize Yeah, think that. about it. Uh, what does Google do? It's an advertising yeah. business. Yeah, and it's, it's down... Search. And is Google down, or is it just like the whole sector is down? Uh, Google's down. Too. Okay, yeah. I haven't looked. Which is probably I, pulling the whole sector down. Well, I mean, Disney's it is big a big holding weight. too there too. Right? Yeah. right, Facebook's huge too. True, Facebook. true, true. Yeah, All as, Google as and Facebook goes. is one of those hmm. big ones. Yeah, yeah but you know that's that's kind of what we're dealing with. Kelly Lynn, you told us we were going to talk about some yes. inflation. So uh, mm-hmm. CPI came out this week. Expected uh, inflation was uh, this was on the consumer side. Eight point one percent was what was expected. It was eight point three which is down slightly from March's numbers, uh, which came in at 8.5%, but we're at 8.3%. So uh, mm. uh, inflation may have peaked. It's hard to say. Um, so that, and, that's why they're raising rates, right, to try to combat that. Absolutely, yeah. You're trying to and bring so, prices down. What they do is try to, to temper demand a little right. bit among the consumers, uh, try to align demand with supply. Uh, and, you know, it, it, we're still a good ways off from that. We did uh, last week saw um, the, the Fed 50. came out and gave us 50 basis point hike, 0.5 percent, half a percent. Um, so you're thinking it may have peaked because well, now we're starting to because they're raising rates and, you know, combating that. And well, that's some of it. But, you know, the old adage is that high prices cure high prices. So when things get to a certain level, um, you know, demand is somewhat um Elastic, meaning right. that you know it right. demand changes with with prices. Um, that's the old, if you rem- remember your economics one hundred and one class from back in the day. Uh, as prices rise, demand day. declines. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Get on Age the wayback machine. Way back. <laughs> How old yeah. do you think I am? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, you're not as old as me, <laughs> and Juliana's not as old as you. So, fair. How about that? Fair. Yeah, I, we all we all vary there. Uh, but uh, PPI came in, yes. which is kind of the canary in the coal mine. I always talk about uh, producer price index, the the cost of goods that go into the final goods that we all purchase. Uh, from the store. The precursor uh, to the consumer price. Exactly. It was at 11%, came out this week. Uh, previously, March was mm-hmm. 11.5. And that's the reason I'm saying maybe we have peaked. Uh, it was expected to peak March, April, May, something like that. But, uh, you know, we always have a one-month lag. So okay. uh, 11, 11% flat, um, still high. Uh, still expect two more rate increases June and July. Uh, the Fed's told us probably 50 basis points again in the two of those. Um, and we'll just see how long it takes for them to get uh, get all this cured. Uh, by the end of the year, we expect the overnight lending rate to be at about 2.5%. Kelly Lynn, is, is that Is it time enough? to panic? Is it time to panic? No. <laughs> I... I, I why would anyone panic? I don't know. Investors are crazy because they see their money and the market, you know, yeah. tanking and. Yep. 
Uh, I S&P mean, I 500 realize down seventeen percent. That's that's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, pretty tough pill to swallow. It, the thing it's that's probably equally disturbing to some of them. If uh, they had bonds, mm-hmm. the bond market's mm-hmm. down about nine and a half percent too. Yeah. So rising um, interest rates. Yeah. So uh, if you w- looked at the yield curve, I talk about this all the time. It's you a do. very geeky thing, and it's hard to to uh, give you a visual picture over the radio. But it's got a really weird shape. It goes from about the three month almost straight up in a line to mm-hmm. the two year um, and then from the two year maturity all the way out to the 30 year it's very flat it's almost wow. 30 okay. basis points differential so uh, instead of a sweeping curve from the left to the right yeah. you know upward sweeping curve it's it's almost a steep cliff and then flat <laughs> across the across the page so uh, you know it's a really strange it's not a curve situation. it's a line is it, what well, you're saying it's, yeah it just looks like a cliff. Wow. Um, but, you know, that hump, if you will, mm-hmm. that's in the curve at the three and five year is likely to come out at some point, uh, and the long-term interest rates are likely to rise as as we go forward. All right. Okay. Just had to ask my question. So. There you go. All right. Coming up next, we've got our Movers of the Week, and we also will get into that case studies. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. Movers of the week this week. Uh, would anyone like to guess? Uh, we've got uh, companies that are up as much as nine point two five percent, and some that have lost forty percent. Ow! Yeah, that's a that's brutal, Kelly Lynn. If there is any sort, I know you always look. For I the love pattern. I love a good trend when All right, it comes so to movers. We've got NRG Energy, which is not an energy company. That's it's a actually a sol- utility. That's a utility. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Kellogg, Molson Coors, Smucker, McKesson, Clorox. Consumer Staples. Exactly. It's consumer staples that. and utilities. So it's the companies in sectors that you would expect to do well, no matter when. Defensive sectors. There you go. Defensive sectors. Look at that. I pay attention. Doing well. Uh, Dish Network, not good. Under Armour uh, released a, a, a net loss. Mm. For the first quarter, um, Illumina, which is a healthcare company. There's your favorite, Etsy, toward the bottom. Um, Enphase Energy, and you know what they are, Kelly Lynn. We talk about them all the time. Half the time, they're in the top movers. They are volatiles, what they are. (laughs) They they really are. Enphase Energy, it's uh, it's kind of a tech company. Solar. I was going to say, one one of them is solar. Yeah, that's the one. Enphase. Caesars Entertainment, Signature Bank, Penn National Gaming, Norwegian Mm. Cruise Lines, those are all round out the bottom. Entertainment and... Entertainment and cruise lines, you know, hospitality, leisure. Uh, So let's talk a little about the specifics there. Uh, NRG Energy announced a modest earnings beat, uh, maintained guidance. Anytime you see that during a time like this, you usually see pretty good performance. Uh, Not a whole lot to talk about. Management said they had uh, allayed investor fears about the company being caught short relative uh, to its power portfolio obligations. So, um, you know, they have uh, obligations to 
to uh, provide certain levels of power. This company operates in Texas and and uh, uh, California, and we all know it's summer and air conditionings are going to be running on high. California often has rolling brownouts by schedules mm-hmm. just so that uh, they can make sure to supply at least a uh, portion of the power they're supposed to so good news there kellogg we all know if you had breakfast this morning you probably know what kellogg does uh earnings beat by 10.66 percent um nine analysts raised price targets most of these are earnings related tap is the ticker for molson cores it's earnings related but it's all still defensive sectors yeah and the reason that it's defensive is no matter what the economic conditions or earnings are going to be okay yeah. and part of the story with kellogg is uh they were asked you know are, are you able to pass along higher prices on your side and mm-hmm. they said absolutely consumer <laughs> staples <they> <laughs> consumer staples can pass along higher prices much more uh, likely than a consumer discretionary company uh things oh, that yeah. we buy because we want we our wants kind of that's uh, where we cut back subside yeah Yeah. easily yeah but i'm still gonna buy i'm still gonna buy soup i'm still gonna buy clorox cleaner bleach to clean my house right yep and and Mm -hmm. that's usually what you're seeing uh right now so the companies that are reporting earnings and saying yeah i was able to uh we were able to to raise prices pass along some of the costs that we're seeing uh to the consumer they're going to do and with their well guidance quickly. their forward guidance also be good then yes and okay. you know it's not going to be beaten up near as bad uh, it might not be stellar but it's still going to be better than than those others okay. and and that's the reason that you know we we kind of uh, tend to lean on those consumer staple companies at Hensler Financial. We mm-hmm. we uh, uh, might not buy the highest flying uh, stock that you might ever see or the ones that you see in the news or on the Twitter feed, mm-hmm. uh, but we love a company that's got really good stable earnings for the long haul. And this is why you're saying I don't need to panic. That is absolutely why you don't need to panic. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you buy those type companies, especially if they pay you back a dividend, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you can... Uh, you can motor on when everyone else who's grabbed for the shiniest thing is panicking because their tech stocks are in the toilet. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little about those on the other end of the spectrum. Again, these are all uh, mostly, at least, earnings-related. Dish Network uh, is a little different. They did report earnings, um, you know, ex- uh, the, but the big news is they had an investor day, and the investors' expectations were actually – uh, much higher than the company uh, provided. Basically, the company came out and said, well, we're the lowest cost provider of the service that you're buying in this industry. And uh, they really don't have a whole lot to prove it. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, in the end, um, the stock is down 40% in a five-day span. And I don't know how better to say it than ouch. Yeah. Um, Dish Network is, has been struggling with some strategy issues anyway. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, I would think some of that would go by the wayside as people are watching things on the Internet. And, you know, I mean, that industry is just changing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot of folks that are talking about kind of a reconstruction of of uh, television entertainment. Right. You know, where it used to be that we worried about cable cutting and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, consumers go into a different model where they just buy their Netflix and sit and watch it at home. People mm-hmm. still want um, local channels. They do. So uh, now everyone is trying to rethink the the whole cable the the 
cord or cable cutting and they're, they're trying to make alliances or at least there's talk of alliances in that industry where you'll get back to a spot where basically it's going to be cable 2.0 exactly. uh, and the prices are going to wind up being quite similar to what they used to be. So, uh, you know, because consumer tastes are so divergent and, and uh, people want more than what one service can provide, that's probably the, the way that that whole industry is headed. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other two, Under Armour, wound up with a lot of extra inventory. This thing is unbelievable. Year to date, Under Armour is down 52.9%. It's incredible. Since its peak, June, uh, July 31st of 2015, it's down uh, 80.55%. Okay, now is this a buying opportunity then? All right, so uh, they're saying that they're not going to unravel the mess they've created until 2024. Okay. So I would 2024. think you're... Yeah, Are they having supply chain issues anyway? Well, uh, no, they've got an overage of oh, inventory, inventory, and a lot of their inventory is show up and showing up in you know some of these... Uh, off-price stores. Mm. So um, they're just trying when to you're seeing it, yeah, the outlets or you know, there's there's uh, a handful of them um, that that do uh, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, difficult. I think you're a little early. Okay, Kelly Lynn, you had mentioned something earlier. Yes. Um, about uh, you know, is it time to panic? Yes. When is it ever time to panic if you've got a portfolio that's been constructed properly? Um, but uh, we also have something called the 10-year rule. Oh, that's what I, I you know. That <clears throat> I know. I saw, I saw that, like, dirty glance that you gave me when I'm like, is it time to panic? Do we do we have to, do I have to yeah. p- pretend like I'm Bill Laco and scream <laughs> into the, sell, the sell. Sell. Yeah. <laughs> You don't. Okay. Uh, and the other thing is, I mean, it, think about this. If you're sitting in cash, we just said, Inflation at 8.3%. It's a lock. You're going to lose 8.3%. There aren't very many investors who are going to go into an investment knowing that they're going to lose 8% of their investment just off the jump. Um, See, many many individuals don't look at it like that, though. Right. They look at it as safety, which it is to a point, but when you're looking at the costs increasing like they are, then you have to invest some of it, not what's needed for, you know, in the next 10 years, but for longer term to combat that inflation, you have to find a return that's higher than that. Right. But if you buy an individual bond, even if the price fluctuates over time and you can get 3% and, and, uh, you know, a three or five year treasury, treasury at this point, um, why in the world would you sit around and worry about it? I mean, you you buy the bond, you wait until it matures, the price might fluctuate back and forth. You know what the cash flows are gonna be. Right. You're gonna get the coupon no matter what, and you get your principal back at the end. Right. So, you know, that should allay a lot of the fears. Um, you want to step us through the 10-year rule, Juliana? Sure. So the philosophy behind the 10-year rule is that if any money that you need within the next 10 years should not be invested in growth investments, you would want that to be in safe things such as CDs, treasuries, bonds, because you want to ensure that you have that cash locked down for when you actually need it. Anything that is needed beyond those 10 years can get invested in the stock market and where you can you know, have a 
large potential for growth there. And every year, you know, we look at the market and we see if we can start covering for that additional year. It's like a rolling 10-year period. Yeah, so it's it's not an absolute lock. If things are ugly, we might wait until uh, exactly. until you see a little bit of a recovery of your assets. But you do have that cushion, yeah. so you shouldn't have to worry. And you can so if you go into a downturn for a couple of years, you're just, you know, at you the know. end of it, you're covered for eight years eight instead years. of 10. That's exactly. right. And you can refill, Fill it back in refill the exactly. bucket, right? And so that's what we did last year, right? We, yeah. we covered right. a lot of accounts for those 10-year rules. Right, when the market was up 20-plus percent, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Kelly Lynn, where are we going next? Up next, we are going to talk about estate planning for a second marriage. We're going to tackle that with Shauna and Juliana. So you are listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. We're here for your financial questions. Just call our question hotline, 855-429-9166. Or email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at hensler.com. We'll address your question on our next show. In the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. He said there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon with Shauna Theriault and Juliana Barba Giletta. That works. Giletta. <laughs> there we go. Man, I, I thought I had it nailed. I get it the first time and don't the second. <laughs> All right. Uh, without further ado, Kelly Lynn, tell All us right. what we're doing. Estate planning here. I've got two people who, uh, Shauna and Juliana, both you know have a little soft spot in their heart for estate planning. While they're not lawyers, there is a lot of like behind the scenes like financial planning that has to go into this, right? Absolutely. All right. So our situation, Neil and Claire. Um, both have children from a previous marriage. They also have two children together. So a lot of kids to worry about. Claire has a primary custody of her oldest daughter. Uh, her first husband is deceased. Neil's sons are adults uh, with the younger one still living with his ex. So um, again, kind of a complicated second family. I mean, that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot. Let's see. Da-da. Family lives in Neil's house uh, that he had before he married Claire, so she's not on the mortgage. Very interesting. Um, boys, the boys, uh, Neil's sons, are still on his health insurance. They're younger than twenty six, so they're you know might be adults, but they're still on the payroll yeah. essentially. Um, but Neil turned fifty this year, and they want to start estate planning. Yeah, they need to provide for his boys. His his kids with Claire. And where does Claire's daughter fit in? Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's really, you know, what Juliana and I do in our department. You know, we look at the balance sheet and we say, OK, we like it to have, you know, look at a one page. Here's where the house is. How is it titled? Here's how the assets are titled. What are you solving for? What do you want to leave to your new spouse? Um, what do you want to leave to the kids? From You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. I don't want to say divvying it out. There are options where you can create things in trust mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, I can give, you know, my wife, um, 
you know, my second wife or she give her second husband, however, you know, mm-hmm. um, leave to each other sort of a life estate saying, okay, you can use this during your lifetime. And then when you pass, it gets split this ways between the heirs. So there are ways to structure that where it's beneficial for all. Okay. Exactly. But the beginning, you know, it really, the most important thing is you have to figure out what you want to do. We can create a plan. We can create a trust that has all the provisions to, you know, cover all those nooks and crannies, but you have to figure out what you want to do. What do you want to leave to what child? And, you know, we can guide you in making that decision in the sense of, you know, the kids that are older, the kids that are younger, who's, you know, so you can do life gifts while they're alive, um, you know, during your lifetime. And, but the most important part is the intent. What are you trying to do for each child? And then look at it. don't know, exactly, Mm -hmm. then, you know. And then look at us to make sure that, you know, your wife, is agrees or spouse Mm -hmm. yeah and is taken care of or spouse husband or wife or whomever um has enough to live off of because one of the and then and then titling and things change over time so what i mean by that is let's say you're taking ira assets out because you have required minimum distributions and maybe that is an account that you you know left to whomever via beneficiary well over time that balance is going to change right Mm -hmm. because you're making distributions starting at age 72 or earlier if you need the money from there for spending but you know you're making distributions so that beneficiary is going to get a different amount so understanding so this is an ever-evolving right plan as well um so it's not just set it and forget it we just need to make sure that the titling the moving parts still work Mm -hmm. um so many times we have individuals come in and it's like well you know we we do have a second marriage and i want to make sure some of my assets are left to my children from previous marriage and it's everything's titled jointly and it's like okay well then your surviving spouse or the surviving tenant is going to get all of those assets or that beneficiary that you named and they could decide to not leave anything to your your children from previous marriage so not that anybody's trying to do anything harmful we just want to make sure that whatever your intent is as juliana said it's written out okay well and and that's a great point shauna because you do realize that a divorce or a remarriage none of those things change a will and if your will is still intact you you have to go talk to somebody so uh, you know it's uh, the the biggest thing i think here is quite a reminder yes if you've had a life event that might have changed your wishes with your assets you probably ought to talk to somebody about it absolutely in order to uh, answer those kind of questions we actually you can talk to shauna or juliana Mm -hmm. and uh, you can reach us at 770-429-9166 just call ask for juliana or shauna and uh, they will be happy to help you with those things um Kelly Lynn, do you have other things? I did. Uh, Well, I guess this is what I'm thinking. Like, when you're working with the clients, I mean, do you talk about prenups or postnups? I mean, do those even work? Like, when, I mean, I know, again, I know you're not lawyers, but, you know, is that something that, like, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, oh, it's okay, I got a prenup, you know, and you're like, oh, your stuff's not really titled right. Right, exactly. I mean, no, we we do talk about that if appropriate. And, it, you know, always obviously leave it up to the clients um, to decide. But that is something that, you know, as a suggestion or a potential suggestion, um, you know, depending on the assets. And, you know, it really just depends on the individual situation. There's I was going to say, like, what if he comes in? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're living in his Neil's house here in this case study. So like, right. he may have come in with significant assets. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I so, mean, granted, like Claire's the new wife and they they would seem to have a happy family. But, you know, 
I'm sure the ex-wife's looking at her like a gold digger, you know? Well, maybe. And, you know, the fact that Matt, you know, it's like, okay, what if, you know, they never look at that and, you know, he passes away, everything's left to his new wife and she gets remarried and completely, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying he, oh, that yeah. Yeah. Claire Neil's would be, kids. yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying Claire would purposely, but, you know, things change over time and she could get remarried and all of a sudden these assets that could have been to the heirs of everyone mm-hmm. is being redirected somewhere else. Exactly. So, you oh, know, if she got remarried, like his older sons could be completely forgotten. Yeah. It just, it's really, it makes it more clear if it's written, mm-hmm. just, you know, because there could be just a lot now, of family arguing too. Do you also work in conjunction with a, an estate planning attorney at that point when yes. you're working with? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. You absolutely want an attorney involved to structure yeah. things. Well, they do. But I mean, do you go in and be like, okay, so this is how we've got things set up. And yes. Do I need to change any of this? You know? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So it's a good... You know, definitely. and I typically, you know, what Julie and I, Juliana and I do is we, we typically, you know, get the balance sheet, get the wishes. And then we talked with, you know, have a meeting with the state planning attorney and the client okay. and say, here's how everything's titled. Here's kind of what they want. We mm-hmm. kind of we ran cash flow projections to show that it works for the surviving spouse either way, um, potentially. And, you know, then they help to structure the documents, the beneficiaries, things like that, and implement the plan that we're proposing okay. to the attorney okay i like that that's a lot of good background work that needs to be done right so and it's not just and, and it's so it's doing. really not just run into an attorney and no. get a will yeah. well because sometimes you know I, I, there's so many times where individuals come in they're like i have a will everything's fine but it's everything's in a retirement account and so mm-hmm. you know when you, an attorney usually asks how they're titled but not always and then so just understanding how the assets are and are you leaving enough to your surviving spouse in trust or whatever mm-hmm. so that they you know can last their lifetime if that's your intent yeah. And, Especially if you're doing those wills online, you know, if you're not even looking at an attorney, oh, yeah. they're not asking those questions. So I think that's another thing to think about as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we all know that retirement assets pass without the will, right? You you more often than not have uh, deemed a beneficiary and right. in, the, in the 401k or whatever it might be, and it goes right to uh, that uh, and hopefully not the ex-wife. Yeah, and guess what? Unlike go. a will, a will, and I'm not an attorney, but in a will, you know, if you're divorced, then it treats the spouse as if they passed away, but a beneficiary does not. So mm-hmm. in front of an IRA, life insurance, 401, if you have named your ex-spouse, your ex-spouse will get those assets, yeah. even if you are divorced. Again, update, update, mm-hmm. update. You know, exactly. you life make changes sure. make, you know, you got to kind of revisit everything at Absolutely. that point. Absolutely. Yep. So. All right. Coming up next, we've got some listener questions. Um, Is the difference between passive and active investing? And we're going to also talk cryptocurrencies. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. You don't have to be Warren Buffett to be good at investments, but you want more guidance than a phone app or a Reddit forum can provide. Something that combines the ease of a robo-advisor with carefully conceived portfolios centered to your risk tolerances and investing goals, all from the experts at Hensler Financial. Well, it's here. AIM, a computerized digital asset management platform along with Hensler's expert research analysis. Visit hensler.com slash AIM. Automate your investing and get the experience of Hensler on your side. If you'd like to have the Money Talks experts answer your question on air, give us a call at 
429-9166. Or email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at hensler.com. You can find us on most social media platforms under Hensler Group or on the web at hensler.com. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm joined by Shauna Theriault and Juliana Barbagelata. There we go. How about that? And uh, we also have Luke Bryant now with a microphone, so uh, we we can talk a little bit. Kelly Lynn, kick us off. Kicking us off, we are going with our good friend Bill Murray, who wrote me this week. Uh, he said May fifth, uh, somebody on CNBC was quoted saying, "By indexing, investors are misallocating capital." And then the response from someone was, "Your statement is bogus. Managers underperform their indices around seventy-five percent of the time, and when they manage to outperform, they don't outperform consistently." And so the question is, what is the truth behind managed versus passive investing? Well, I'm glad the topic came up because it's something that I'm actually pretty passionate about. I know and, you are. And, I, I saw your feathers get ruffled. Yeah. When I said. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, I'm an active manager. Yes. Um, but I would say um, that Bill is an active manager too. We we he's he's um, he's asked a lot of questions, so we know. So here's the thing. <laughs> but when, he's also in a lot of index funds. He is, yeah. So what you're doing is you're you're uh, going passive with the selection within the portfolio. So you're mm-hmm. not going to pick and choose a winner within the S and P 500, but you pick the S and P 500. I also know that there is another aspect of portfolio management and it's called allocation. So Mm -hmm. you've got certain asset classes here and there. Uh, You're gonna have um, international developed, international uh, developing or emerging markets. Um, You're gonna have uh, obviously domestic, you could buy uh, stocks that have, or a portfolio of stocks that have a focus Mm. on dividends, uh, bonds, all of these are actually decisions you have to make. So when he says, you know, hey, I, I've got this international, this yeah. this mid-cap international hasn't been performing like I thought right. it would. Yeah, and and you know that he has allocated a portion of the weight of his portfolio right. to an international fund. Now, a lot of folks would say, if you're a manager and, and you're actively trying to beat the S&P 500 with other um, similar stocks, mm-hmm. that's absolutely active management. It's what we do at Hensler Financial. But right. <clears throat> the thing is, uh, you, can't, you can't just assume that selection is the only piece. So uh, you've got an allocation decision in there no matter who you are or what you do unless Mm -hmm. you just absolutely pick up the all country world index as a single uh, investment and you you wind up uh, you wind up in a a spot where now you're a truly passive investor until 
you decide that you're going to add bonds to your portfolio. And at that point, how much in weight are you going to put in bonds? Uh-huh. And are you going to use the, the, the bond market index? Or are you going to use treasuries? Are you going to, I mean, there's a million decisions that if you just think about it for a minute, you have to make. So somebody's really <clears throat> never truly passive. Correct. And, and the thing that I used to talk about when BlackRock was coming along with all these new passive investments, mm-hmm. and anyone who believed that that was the wave of the future would overweight BlackRock stock, Right. Well, yep. that sounds like because they were going to win, <laughs> mm-hmm. and now you're an active manager. Yeah, because I'm choosing. Right, I, I can tell you over the last couple of months, Kelly Lynn, and, and you know this, and I'm not picking on Bill, but he's asked about financials and he's asked about energy he, stocks. He has, yeah, and we he, encourage people to take a little extra weight to some of those portfolio decisions mm-hmm. over time because you see the economy and what's going on. You know, if you just want to talk about selection within those, you didn't make a decision, but you did allocate a little more of your resources to a spot that seemed like it was going to be more, had more potential to win. So if I used your advice from the top 10, looking at all those uh, staple stocks and energy um, utilities, sorry, um, if I decided, hey, I'm going to allocate a little bit more to that you know consumer staples fund that i that's an even if you even if you use a passive vehicle to make that overweight you have made an active decision and let's face it there are some active decisions that are a decision to do nothing right i have that's always been one of my favorite phrases around here (laughs) yeah and and a decision to do nothing is an active decision yeah I mean, look you at know, the circumstances. Exactly. Is it out of your control? Is it something, you know? Right. But but I will tell you, if you mm-hmm. just want to get down to the textbook answer, active managers quite often do not beat their index. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I think that is missed there is most of them are a little more conservative than the overall market. Now, mm-hmm. in 2020 and 21, you saw tech stocks just tear up. The, yes. the overall index. In fact, we saw if you owned the FANG stocks, you were going to beat the index no matter what. So if you had made the active decision to win there, you're paying for it now. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there were a lot of investors, myself included, institutional and retail, who didn't see the benefit in trying to buy those stocks that already looked so overpriced. Well, I mean... You know who had that money type of money laying around to get like a share? Well, yeah. but but you're seeing yeah. the the retail investor might have driven that. Mm-hmm. They've run out of gas at this point. But uh, you know here here we sit. So okay. uh, it's it's also what drove a lot of the inflation that was at the root cause of the economic situation we're facing now. So um, you know I, I will give you that. But um, uh, a lot of active managers do not beat their index, but uh, they manage the return potential as well as the risk. Mm. And the risk side is the reason that they don't reach for that that brass ring, the thing that seems to be the latest smoking train all right um we're gonna move on we got just a few minutes left uh tim from atlanta writes um i dabble in cryptocurrencies i own shares of bitcoin urethra ethereum ethereum okay that was just never one i was ever going to be able to pronounce Mm, um and he also has a whopping ten dollars in dogecoin (laughs) ten whole bucks it probably used to be a hundred it probably was was. probably a million right yeah he says he keeps them in a wallet at coinbase and he actually also invested in shares of coinbase for good measure yeah and he says uh, i love this 
I'm low-key panicking reading that crypto <laughs> assets at Coinbase, that Coinbase holds in custody on behalf of the customers, could be subject to bankruptcy proceedings, and such customers could be treated as general unsecured creditors. And he's like, I get that gambling with cryptos was, you know, a risk to begin with, but can the custodian really keep his assets? Uh, yeah, so this is a this is a piece that's been in the news I mean, a lot. Obviously, uh, you know it's a scary proposition. Coinbase did come out and uh, make an announcement. Basically, they included this uh, language in yeah. one of their recent uh, reports, and they said they should have done it earlier. But it's an SEC thing, and, and the problem is it hasn't been tested in court. Kelly Lynn, we don't know what's going on with that, mm. but it's uh, probably a lot of the fuel that has driven that stock from two hundred and eighty ish at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year down to around $53 this week. So, uh, you know, you've lost 78.6%. It IPO'd at $342 a year ago, mm. currently down 85% basically from there. Uh, tough spot. I used to talk about buying Coinbase. I'd say yeah, I never bought it myself, but I can tell you I, in in the uh, crypto space, it's still a real business is the reason that I said buy it. But yeah. that is unsettling, no doubt. Should we buy it now that you're saying it's Oof, down? I tell you, uh, I would, I would it not. looks like a falling knife to me. I would okay. wait. I'd let okay. it stabilize before I touched it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, mark it up or down this week. Kelly Lynn. I'm, I'm still going down. Oh, wow. Mm. I know. All right. Luke, what do you think? Oh, I'll say it's up. There we go. Always up. That's the way. I'm going to follow our intern and say up. How about that? Uh, you know me. I'm a broken record. I always say the market's going up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.